welcome back, listeners, to Learning from Friends. My name is Kay Curtis, your tour guide on this lovely adventure that I like to call Learning from Friends. It is great to see you back here for episode, I believe, number 53. So if you've made it this long with us, congratulations. I impress myself every day for being able to continue going forward with this, and I'm so thankful for the audience I have. And if you're new, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. Flip back through the archives and find different episodes that work for you because of, whoa, there's so many different topics out there. But as those that have been here from the beginning, you all know, before I get going into a podcast episode, we have my mom's quote of the day. So mom, take it away. We should be lifting each other up and cheering each other on, not trying to outshine one another. The sky would be awfully dark with just one star. Thank you, mom. You're always words of wisdom provides the podcast with that step forward on the right step in the great direction. This episode today, I'm speaking with a coworker that came in around December. We've became really good friends throughout the remainder of the school year, and he has a really unique story that I'm learning for the first time really about today. So it's kind of like we're learning about this together of he did he was riding cross country on a bicycle. And we're going to get a little bit more insight into that world in preview of this book that he's writing. So, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mr. Curtis. I appreciate that. I'm glad to be here. It's so fun, and it's always hilarious whenever someone just goes, hey, Mr. Curtis, or something like that, because <laughs> for me, I'm, I'm so used to Cade or, you know, Curtis. But Mr. Curtis, like you are just so very much like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Formal individual. It's almost like, <laughs> you know, hey, Mr. Curtis, how you doing? You and your firm handshake. and You're a teacher like, at all, man. So you'll always be Mr. Curtis to me, you know? So, like, who is Mark Noble? Because, you know, we, we have all these people that come on my podcast and about 98.5, I always throw out a random number, 98.5 people have no clue who you are. Give us like a Wikipedia summary of who is Mark Noble? Mark Noble is a small town Ohioan. I moved down here to Georgia a couple years ago and met my beautiful wife in Ohio. Her parents live down here. And yeah, I work I work with you over at the school system, but I'm moving over to Cherokee, sadly. So yeah, man, Mark Noble's just a, a regular old now Georgian, got a kid and a wife, and yeah. He's wearing an Ohio State. And I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm a Browns fan. Come on, man. Come on. Yes. At my table. At my table. I would have several members that are going to listen to this and be like, you let an Ohio State fan sit at your table. People are disgusted. But there's some fans down here, man. I'm, <laughs> there I'm are. surprised. There totally are. It's just funny. I always like to, uh, to do that. My wife went to Kent State. so. Oh, my gosh. Did she really? Yeah, she went to Kent State. I graduated I from the University of Akron. Oh, man. I played basketball there. Screw the Rue, man. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I can't believe it. What Small are the worlds. odds? They're Small everywhere, worlds. man. And this is the cool thing about this conversation that we're going to do is there's still a lot that we're kind of like learning about each other because you came in in December yeah. after Miss Hedrick left. Like, love her. She moved to D.C. And she's probably having a blast right now with all her stuff that she's got going on there. But you came in and you had some you had some he like heavy, big shoes to fill there. And you did a phenomenal job. I appreciate that. I was finding that out as I was going to like, I, you know, you never want the person before you to do bad, but like... You want them to do worse than you, so it's not, you know what I mean? <laughs> but man, the more I was working, I was like, man, this chick must have been good. She, she was, was good. Amazing. So, but yeah, so for the for the listeners, I worked right across the hall from Cade. My 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 room was right across the hall from Cade, so. You were never in there, though. 
Yeah, that's true. But every morning I'd get to see your bright, smiling face. It's always perky. So always try to. I always try to. Oh yeah, dude. And you, you come in with your firm handshake and your voice of like. <laughs> Basterious voice. That's probably not even a word. You're, you're very like loud, powerful, enjoyable voice, and it was it was always fun. And every so often, I run into you at the gym too. No, that's we, uh, Friday. We saw each yeah. other there that at the gym. Fun. Like this this dude can sits back and does like reps upon reps of like pull ups, and I'm like, dude, how in the world do you do this? Like he is jacked. No, it's not like, true. That's funny. So going into this, okay, you rode cross country on a bicycle. Where where did you start and where did you end? Like, holy moly. I'm learning this for the first time, y'all, myself. I'm getting the whole inside of this as well. So this is going to be a blast. So I'll start with the why. You know, so my whole life, I grew up in sports and school. So my elementary through high school was school, sports, homework, bed. So I had that schedule, loved it. And then I went to college or I went to the National Guard, came back, went to college. And in college, I was playing basketball I was working a job, I was going to school for engineering, and I was running two Bible studies. So I had a very busy schedule, and there was not a lot of time for adventuring or free time. And I think that set me up for just like this bomb of adventure that wanted to go off in me. (laughs) And so me and one of my friends, we had been planning some kind of crazy trip after college. Did we want to go? One of the ideas was go to Hawaii and see how long we could live there on just the money we had, you know, just sleep in the sand, whatever, you know, it just sounded awesome. But I don't know, that didn't pan out. Another one was we were going to go train jumping, see if we can make it across the country. Be a hobo across the country. Exactly, dude. But we try, like, there's a couple train stations, train stations, but where train goes by. The little depots or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we went there and we were trying to catch them. We tried this probably six or seven times, could never catch them, dude. They're way, they look like they're going so slow, but they're way faster, so... Then one of my basketball buddies was like, yeah, my buddy just biked from Alaska to Texas. And we're like, really? Wow. So that gave us the idea, maybe we could bike cross. I mean, we're not bikers at all. But we're like, that sounds like a fun adventure. Oh, I love I love this already started. Like, yeah, we're not dude. bicycles, but we're going to do this. But we're going to try it. So yeah, we went from Virginia to Oregon. And it went, and it wasn't a straight shot. So we went Virginia, Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, Colorado. Then we shot up to Wyoming, into Montana, back down through Idaho and over to Oregon. So if you're looking at a map, you can follow that. But it's longer than just going straight across. How many miles? Do you know how many miles it was? Yeah, it was about 4,063. So it's almost double what it is straight across the country. I think it's 2,000-something across the country. So, yeah, dude, it was 4,063 miles. How long did it take you guys to do it? I think it took us 82 or 83 days. We were in no rush. Took Sundays off. We went to church. And then when we found a hot spot, like a spot we were really liking, we'd stay there for a couple of days, maybe sometimes overstay our welcome a little bit. So yeah, what what year was this? This well? was so in 2018. It was uh, I was 25. We were just getting out of college. So I think my buddy was 24. We actually two of us or th- three of us total started the trip. I think he was going through a lot of things at the time, so he ended up not making it. But I can only imagine going across country, what your whole entire like mentality and stuff goes through, which is something we'll talk about. But man, 4,063 miles. There's three of you guys started out. Two of you guys finish it. There, there's a lot to unpack here on that. In 2018, you said that you did this. So two years before the world shut down too on yep. that. So in 83 days, 
It's like around the world in 80, no, 82 days, around the world in 80 days. <laughs> Man, you did a cross. People do it much faster. <laughs> but no, still, like, that's pretty amazing. Did, did y'all go out and buy like these like crazy awesome bikes or did y'all just get on, hey man, we went to Walmart and just bought two bikes and just kind of went for it. What did you do? I mean, my personality is to just go to Walmart and do that, but we're like, you know, we want to get something that's going to be sustainable, yeah. um, which I never thought a bike could snap. Actually, I was just training for an Ironman and I had a bike snap and I was like, what? I didn't know that could happen. And wow. so fortunately, we did not have just an aluminum bike. We got Jameis Aurora, we went up to Cleveland, Ohio, um, and talked to some people and they gave some advice and that's what they decided. I mean, it's an ugly bike, but it is durable. <laughs> it doesn't have to be perfect at the end of the day. You that's could, true. I, my Prius is beat to junk and back. But and, it runs. And, but that thing runs like a boss. It's your place to place, man. But exactly. That's the, it doesn't matter about beauty. It's a matter of getting there. And yep. here, like whenever you left, when did you leave? Did you go like during summer? Did you go in the fall? Did you go in the winter? Like what, yeah. what time did you wind up disappearing? Disappearing? So, wow, that's not the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> School ended mid-May, I think May 14th or something. Actually, missed graduation to leave. We left May 17th. I bet um, your parents were happy about that one. Nah, they don't. They don't really care. I did not have the best grades in college. and But you got a degree. I got the degree, but it wasn't that big of a deal. But yeah, we left mid-May and got back August 10th. I had to be back for a wedding. So we were on a time Did time you all scale, like fly back or did you ride Yeah, back? we did, man. We okay. flew back. So we were in Oregon. So the bikes are left behind somewhere. No, we, we flew the bikes back. Oh, that was okay. a scramble. I bet you we that had, was interesting. It was. We, had, um, we only had one day left and we had no way to get our bikes home. Luckily, Kyle... And I'm jumping forward here, but uh, dude, no, there's there is no order. This is just a hey, man. Whatever you feel like telling your story, yeah, I, I will. I will pull us back to wherever we need to go. <laughs> you're on the you're leading the bike. I'm just in the on tandem. All right, back. well, we're gonna jump straight to the end right here for a second. <laughs> so when we got to the end, um, we had a couple of days of free time. We got so bored, we're like, we just need to get to Portland because that's where we're flying out of. Kyle called some friends of his who lived in Portland. And they drove three hours down to get us in our bikes wow. and then drove so six hours total. I mean, and I, that's some good I friends. Know, oh, some great friends. And I don't even know them. So, and they're just Kyle's college friends. It's not like he grew up with them. So, just great people. And uh, they found us a, a place to ship our bikes and everything. So, we shipped them back. I've still got it. Good. It's a piece of junk now. Hey, dude, it's, it's the story so of it itself is the bike held up, the bike made you from point A to point B. And you could look at it like biblically as well in some weird form or fashion of like how like, you know, this is my noble steed that I made it here. <laughs> like this, this journey transcended my life of where from now that I, you know, went from being a child to a man of, <laughs> of going through this whole entire process. So, okay, Kyle, you, did you, you said you met him in college or do you, have you known him longer than no, that? No, so Kyle, man, me and Kyle grew up together. We have been best buddies for a long time. We lost touch after high school. He kind of, we kind of went our separate ways. We had different things that we enjoyed to do. And, and then in college, I was doing a Bible study. I was the young adult leader for a church up in Alliance, Ohio. And he just <laughs> oh had my gosh, sorry. I love hearing all these the names. Do you know Alliance? Up. I know Alliance. Shut up. Yes. Yeah. I worked oh. at Alliance Friends Church. And he went to college a mile down the road. And I like, I got to hit him up. Maybe he'll come, you know, and invite some friends. And so he did, man. He invited some friends and... And uh, so we reconnected through that and we started adventuring the summer before this trip. We were doing crazy adventures. We were climbing 200 foot bridges and 
I don't know, jumping off some crazy stuff, a bunch of skydiving. Was this when you also broke your foot at one point? No, that was that was two years ago. No, <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing to think that, and I, I've, I'm blessed over the years to have had some great friends that we've done all kinds of different stuff too, but you never know where paths lead you back and forth. And I'd say a Bible study really kind of recreated my life as well with, I had a friend that we were not in the best of terms in high school and we kind of like, just were in different spheres, different groups of people and stuff. And we just never got along. And then all of a sudden he started a Bible study about like maybe five years ago. And man, it just, we got together and I go, man, like we, we didn't get along in high school. We never had this kind of friends and look where God kind of brought us together and, and changed like the whole entire life perspective there. He's and good, now we're really man. good friends, man. He's got a like, good plan. I mean, the nice thing, <laughs> he knew what he was doing, bringing us back together in this whole trip because we kind of used it as like a missionary trip because he has a lot of qualities that I lack and I have qualities that he lacked. And so that's we what makes were good, good friendships. Exactly. Each other. That's and how with marriages too. Yes. That's how me and my wife are. I mean, we're so different, but we work because we fill each other's um, differences, you know? And that's the best part about a marriage is it should be that way. Because if I would not want to be married to myself, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like I'd be a wreck. I, this house would be destroyed and it would just, Gosh, I'd be so annoyed if I married myself. Same here. Same <laughs> My here. My wife would love to hear me say that, but <laughs> well, that's kind of part of it, you know. Every everybody has their own piece of the puzzle, and kind of drags that in. And for you having Kyle to push you forward to do this adventure, of you had all these different ones that could have been, and the bicycle one is really kind of what what took you out. So was this just a solo you two together, or did this turn into like a missionary? You said missionary trip kind of ideology here. What? What was the whole big backing behind this trip here? Um, I think twofold. I think wherever we go, I think both of us would say this, we represent Jesus and we want to spread his message. And so in that sense, this was a missionary trip. But I think what selfishly, this was a trip that we, me and I, it was more like me and I really, me and him wanted an adventure. And so we were going to go on this adventure and we're going to bring God along with us. So I think I would have pursued things differently now. Like, man, God, is this something you want us to do? Instead of we're going to do this and bring you with us, God. And Come I think, on, yeah, exactly. Pocket, let's go backpack. And man, I think he worked in the trip, but I didn't, I don't think we handled it the right way the first time, but it was. Well, um, you did handle it. Yeah, He was there. Yep, it, he it was. was. purpose for meetings. That's the whole thing of. Dude, it was. We met a lot of people, man. It was. Well, what's the what's the quote? You know, like humans make plans and God laughs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. You never can tell where your road's going to winding up and that whole process. And my wife and I never planned on being back here when we first started talking and dating. And now here we are. And that's kind of the big purpose right now of this is where we are and this is where we need to be. And it's crazy, man. It's, it's yeah. plan is wild. Like you're saying, it goes everywhere. But like even the bad times, like in your, you going through that thing in South Carolina, yeah. I bet you can appreciate this job and this place so much more. Oh yeah. And, so much. And you have so much more experience because of it. So it sucked in the time. But like like this weekend, dude, <laughs> me and my wife had probably the biggest fight we've ever had. We had, did not talk for two days. And last night, we finally squashed it yesterday. Last night, I was just like, babe, like, I'm thankful for this because I appreciate you all the more. I there appreciate our, our relationship all the more. So, 
It's just his, his plan is good. Man. Everything has its rhyme or reason and purpose to unfold and tell us a story. That's and it right. may not happen immediately. It may take two years. It may take six weeks. It may take two days. Exactly. Just to kind of let you know where it goes. And I think it's healthy in order to have that little bit of a spat in yep. order to realize, oh man, maybe there was something I was doing that wasn't actually helpful or good. And now we're getting it out in the open and settling it and squashing it. Absolutely, my man. Absolutely. So this wasn't, okay, this was a missionary trip in a way, but also kind of started out as we're just going to, it's an adventure. We're right. kind of rolling. Right. And you said Virginia was your start place. You, you, you said you were in Ohio. How did Virginia become the start <laughs> place? Man, you got to hit the coast. We wanted to. You want to go coast to coast. I didn't think about this until people were saying it on the trip that we were meeting. But it's a transcontinental. So like we're going across the whole, not just we're going across uh, the country, because you can go across many countries, but we're going across the whole continent. So it's kind of cool to be able to say, hey, man, we're, we're going the whole continent. So we started in Virginia because we wanted to dip our tire in the ocean, in that the Atlantic. so cool. And then dip our tire in the Pacific. And, and so... Did the same tires make it to the both to both sides? No, they did not. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had the to, bike did though. The, the bike did, dude. That was so. Remember, we did not know what we were doing going into this. We that were not makes bike me people. So excited to know that you had no idea. What you no were idea, dude. So the first time that we went, a tire went flat was in the middle of Virginia, like six days in or something, and my tire went flat. Nowhere, no Walmart, nothing for thirty miles. And okay, I say this. I don't know if that's true. I had no service at the time. It started out as two miles, and then as this gone on, the, the story exactly, got exactly. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know the actual distance, but we were in the middle of nowhere, and so I I just assumed that it would be a long trip. We had four spare tubes. We did three of them. We tried three of them. We had no idea what we were doing. Popped all three of them trying to trying to fix it. Oh man! And on the fourth one, finally, Kyle walked somewhere, got some YouTube, and figured out what we were doing wrong. And we were we were pinching the tire um, when we were putting it back in, and so we, excuse me, we figured it out on the fourth. But man, it would have been bad. <laughs> I remember doing that in when I was in Ireland of putting a tube into this the small. I'm not used to the small itty bitty tires, like the the road ones that are for those people that are doing like the crazy long distance, uh, not long distance, but the speed biking. Yeah. I remember having one of those and trying to figure out how to put the tube in because yeah, you could pinch it really easily. Yeah, dude. If you don't know what you're doing, yep. and you said you were doing it at dark. No, it was during the day. It was okay. during the day, yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, did you pull a wheelie and just ride your, on a wheelie? Yeah, the whole way. Miles? <laughs> like, you know, we had to do what we had to do. <laughs> so no planning. You went down to Virginia Beach. You stuck your tire in the ocean. And you're like, hey, we're going to start getting this kind of going. What What was the, the thought process of originally going, we're going to pick this date and we're just kind of going to go like, this doesn't happen immediately overnight, as you said. Yeah, you yeah. kind of got from, you were doing all these other ideas. You tried to hitchhike on a train. You're thinking yeah. about going to, you know, Hawaii. How did it eventually turn to, we're doing this bike trip? So there was some planning to this. Um, so we came up with the idea the September before, I think that's eight or nine months. Somewhere along those rounds. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. math right now. We're in the summer break. <laughs> math later. I don't have to worry about that till the fall. Yeah, we had seven or eight months of planning. It was really me and Dylan, this other guy. Kyle is, uh, he wasn't not there, but he has so much going on in his life oh, that he wasn't really that much part of the planning. And it really, a lot of the planning was raising money, oh, not for true. us. So we were raising money. We were earning money. We were working and saving money because yeah. it costs, including the bike, uh, three thirty five hundred dollars 
to so do the whole food, trip. Yeah, for everything per person. Yeah, per person. So we had to we had to save up that money. But we were also raising money for Compassion International. I don't know if you're familiar with that I at all. I am not. I'm going to have to look that up later. Compassion International. So Compassion International, they um, work with kids in, in lower developed countries. And they provide schooling. And you can sponsor a kid. It's a thing where you can sponsor a kid for $35 a month to give them school supplies and things like that. There's going to have a link for this as a heads up. In the end of the episode, I'm going to take links to kind of post. So if someone's like, hey, what is that? I'll have a link in the description of the podcast. So we were raising money for that um, and also earning money. And then um, I guess it really wasn't that much planning because then we we found a route. It's called the Trans-American Trail. And uh, people do it every year. And then we bought some gear and that was it. <laughs> so what kind of gear did you wind up buying? Because, okay, you bought bikes. Yeah, we bought bikes. And so that probably cost you probably 500 to $1,000 in the range. Yeah, $1,000. Yeah, so bike. you automatically have... Three thousand dollars going in there, on that. What what kind of backpacks? What how did you pack your bags? Yep. What kind of gear are you guys taking with you? That's a good question. So we had four panniers. Do you know what a pannier is? I have no idea. <clears throat> so a pannier is it's basically a bag that can fit on your tire, and you can put them on both sides of your bike on both tires, so oh, you can okay. have four of them. And they're not very big, but still, it's there's yeah. a lot of space there that goes down flat. Yeah, like, exactly. Like the side of a motorcycle kind of like flaps kind of deal that goes down. That you yes, be able to ish, in. ish. Okay. Uh, very similar. And so, you know, we bought a sleeping pad to sleep on. Okay. We bought single person tents and it's only like this. It's for the people listening, it's four inch, four by four by a foot and a half. It's not very big. You're a tall dude. How, you know, did you? Like, but it's feet six off feet long. I mean, yeah. So you're my, still my <laughs> head and my feet are hidden. But yeah, you're six feet. Like what? Two? Six two. Yeah, man. But I slept great the whole trip because I sleep good on hard surfaces. I don't know. It was great. Um, and then what else? I had my computer because we were kind of documenting things. And then I mean, just food. Just yeah, that was pretty much it. I guess and, you had and a little tool repair, pack at the bottom. Repair, repair yeah. kit. Yeah, and, and a pump. So, so you have the little side pouches. You have four stuff, side pouches. Four side pouches. You had your tent. You had your pad. You had your laptop. Kind of going through, and you're hitting the ground running. That's it's pretty smart. Kind of making it simple and easy to be able to have all your stuff, and you're not having to carry that weight on your back either. Yeah, dude, it's all on the bike, and it makes. I mean, it made our bikes. My bike was. I think all of ours were about seventy five pounds. Well, me and Kyle's were seventy five pounds. Dylan, Dylan's. I think big downfall is. Me and Kyle are not planners. And so we're like, eh, this is good enough. We'll figure it out on the way kind of thing, which actually normally- It worked out for you? Normally does not work out for us. But it did work out for us in this case because we didn't need more. We actually ended up sending things back. But Dylan way overpacked. I mean, he had oh. chess games, frisbees. He had everything we could. I mean, you know, in case we get bored, dude, that is he amazing. Though man. that idea, someone's got to be the mom in the group. He is, dude. He, exactly. I said that in my book. He is the mom in the group. Like we desperately needed him because we're too immature <laughs> and bad at planning to yeah, figure that thing out. Twenty-three years old. Yeah, you're still like your mind. It's still kind of running. You just got out of college. You're Who still thinking. Who cares? You can, we'll figure it yeah, out. I can take on the world. I'm still invincible. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where we were. And you don't have that responsibility kind of back home of you know wife or kids yet, and the rent's not really there. Kind of like a mortgage. Kind of just like okay, cool. yeah, we can we can kind of make this work for sure. For I, sure. I remember those days of trying to kind of pull off random schemes and stuff. I remember driving from Georgia up to Kentucky, over to Virginia Beach, and down to 
Savannah, and then we gave up in Savannah and came back home. But it never like we never thought about getting on a bicycle. We thought about <laughs> hitchhiking one time on um, on a train, but right. we got on, and then it was kind of a okay, we're on, but we don't even know where we're going. This could probably end bad, <laughs> so we wound up getting off. But that's that's really neat to be able to have all those different personalities though that yep. were on that trip because as you said, like trying to keep your mind fresh and mentality kind of going. Yep. How in the world do you mentally prepare for that? Because you can prepare your body. How do you mentally prepare that? We did neither. We did not oh, train God. for this. Oh, man. And we did not mentally prepare for this. I think our mental prepare was we'd all hang out and we would daydream about all the cool things we were going to do. And to be honest, a lot of those things either ended up happening or cooler things ended up happening. But we did not prepare. And it, it bit us, especially early on. But you said you played basketball. I did. I played basketball. It ended, um, I, it took me an extra year to graduate because I failed math three or CAC three. Aren't you going to be teaching math at yeah. this location? Yeah. Sounds like me with, I taught English for a little while and I was like, why are you putting this? I have a reading and writing disability. Why is <laughs> but I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do this. Well, if I can teach it, then, you know, they should be able to understand it because. That's the truth. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. that great at math, but. But yeah, so I had a whole year off where I was able to get, I, I, I wasn't out of shape actually, because I was, I was training, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. So I was training with these SEAL guys. And so I was actually in pretty good shape. That's why you're jacked. That's but, <laughs> but it's not bike shape, man. Running it's shape different is, is different muscles. In fact, when I did my Ironman, I was dead after I got, it was 116 miles on the bike, dead. My legs were killing me. And then I had to go into a marathon. I was like, no way I'm going to make this get off the bike, I feel so fresh because it's completely different muscle. Yeah. So I was in shape, but not in biking shape. Dude, that is, that's nuts of going to college, training with the Navy, you said the Navy SEALs? Yeah, was it some guys who were training to be SEALs. So you've got that going on. What about your buddies? Like, did they have a no. sports background? Yeah, so my one buddy, um, Kyle, he wrestled in college. He was actually a pretty good wrestler. He was uh, nationally ranked. And then my other buddy, Dylan, uh, he he did neither did neither didn't do any sports, but he is a natural athlete, so so it worked out in that range for him. Physically, it would have been fine for all of us. Yeah, I can. But it was a struggle. At the yeah, beginning, I was about dude. to say, I was like, that sounds like my legs not the hurt best. so bad. Like, so where were we? Kentucky. I was. We okay. I'm gonna get into the store here, dude. I love side stories. It helps create a giant picture here. <laughs> so I'm gonna close my eyes for a second. Go for it. <laughs> So Dylan, so Dylan had left us and he came back in Kentucky. Okay. And when he came back, we had this great week with him and it was awesome. But Kyle had to go back to Ohio for a wedding. So we put a pause in this trip. Me and Dylan stopped at this little place called Owensboro, Kentucky, while Kyle went because he was the best man in this wedding. So we found a place to stay at this. It's like kind of a YMCA for kids. Cool. And they, I mean, we were desperate because we were going church to church, house to house. Nobody was letting us stay with them. Sounds like the disciples here at this point now. Yes, dude. It's similar. So we knocked on this door and um, this lady named Olga let us in. She's like, oh my gosh, come in. We were tired and sweating. It was so hot. Sat us down, brought us a bunch of Gatorades, a bunch of food, a bunch of snacks. And she's like, you guys, you know, you can stay here for the weekend. And she hooked us up. She let us nice. go back to her house. I mean, it was, it was awesome. But so we were hanging out. So what we did with um, while Kyle was gone was we were hanging out with all these kids because this was a day program. So we went swimming with them and we had a, the best time with them. But then we went back and all the kids gathered around this huge circle. There's like a hundred of them. Cool. And there's this one kid who plays basketball in college. 
And he's like, you guys need to play because they knew that I played basketball. And so we were playing one-on-one, dude, and I could not, I could barely walk. Like, oh, man. I was like Bambi on ice because my legs were so sore. I was just embarrassing myself. <laughs> but like that's how my legs were the whole time because the whole, you know, first two states because my legs were not used to it. And you don't yeah. rest. You don't rest to um, recuperate. Your legs are just always sore until they get used to that it. That was the one thing I was going to ask eventually as well is like, man, how do you... How do you, because usually in a workout situation, you got to pause for a day or so in order to regroup your body to let it, the muscles that have been essentially tearing yeah. in order for it to kind of like heal back up to get, continue going. But yeah, it sounds like you were saying, screw it, let's keep going. Yeah, man. I mean, we, I knew we had a, we were kind of on a time crunch and I knew it was just like, look, man, you just have to suck it up and do it. I mean, we both knew that. I'm glad so, you didn't tear anything. No, yeah, but you're right. Like, like, the first part of Virginia is pretty flat um, the first two days. And then you start getting into rolling hills, kind of like subtle evidences that the mountains are coming. And then you get to the mountains. Virginia was the Virginia and Kansas were the worst states. And Virginia, because the hills are straight up. Because you're going, up, up, you're going through the Appalachian up, Mountains. Yeah. Straight up, straight down. And so it's a leg shredder. But going down, I bet you felt nice. Going down, it felt nice, but it was so much faster. <laughs> I thought it felt scary at some points too because it like your brakes oh, were yeah. out. True. It was so much faster. So the fourth day in, we came up on Charlottesville, Virginia, which is a home of it's like a mining town. University of Virginia. No, it's it's a city. Okay. Never mind. Uh it might be. I'm thinking of something else probably. But it's uh so we were asking around, like, where can we stay at? Does anybody know? We're new to the trip. We don't really know how to handle these things yet. And everyone's like, yeah, like we wouldn't stay here because there's a homeless problem and they steal everything. And so we were already 60 something miles in and legs, it was a hilly day, legs are shredded and, and midnight came around. We still had no place to stay. I was like, Kyle, like dude, we just got to go to the next town. Well, the next town was Lexington. And oh, wow. It, it, which is 83 miles away. And it's another city. And it goes over the largest mountain on the East Coast. Oh, so you're literally steepest, now. But we didn't know oh, that, dude. Wow. I tell you, we left at midnight. It took us, it was flat to the base of the mountain. It took us three hours to get to the base of the mountain. At the base of the mountain, I looked at my map. I'm like, dude, it's three miles up. We'll be fine. We just got to keep chugging. At, at the most, it's going to take us an hour and a half. We can walk a mile and a half, our bikes up the hill. So we're walking. Hour goes in, hour half goes by. I'm like, hey, man, we got to be almost there. Two hours comes. No. Kyle, we got to be on with Sarah, man. <laughs> Three hours comes. Are you kidding? I'm yelling. Kyle's behind me just screaming. Three o'clock What in the is morning. happening, yeah. dude? 8 a.m. is when we finally reached the top. Wow. I completely miscalculated the distance to the top. It was 16 miles from the base to the top of the oh, mountain. Oh, man. Five hours of just agony, dude. It was miserable. So then we went down the mountain, and I knew there was another hill. But I didn't think it was very big. On the, on the and you're doing bit. this in the dark. No, so it's 8 a.m. now. So okay, it's, okay. It's, the sun has now come up. Um, and we get to the bottom of the hill. We see a hill. Okay. And we start going to the mountain. 15, 20, 30 minutes. Still no top. We're struggling, cramping, no water. And two hours goes and we finally make back to the top. And we're just like, do we like Kyle? I look at Kyle and he is struggling at this point because he has, um, he's just very skinny. His face is like welted in his eyes are oh my gosh his skin was so burnt because 
It was it was noon. The was sun's coming, coming out, and then dude, you're already dehydrated, so it's adding more to the element. He looks so bad. So I walked back. I was like, "Are you good, man? Like, are you gonna be able to keep going? We haven't seen a ton of cars." And he's like, "I'll be fine, but we need to get somewhere quick." And so the next house. So we we were finally at the top of the hill. It was about noon, and we went down the hill. And the first house we came to, we went to this lady's house, and she hooked us up. But man, it was see that's horrible. cool right there. Of, connecting in with people because that's something that i always be like okay what how where are you staying how are you gonna make this work yeah and it seems like y'all are just again flying by the seam of your pants yep. and going where's the that start banging on doors and hopefully no one's gonna like hurt us kind of deal and that's <laughs> god's grace of taking you where you're sure man our uh our first day our first no no second night so first night we slept in the woods we had no idea what to do we were in jamestown virginia there was nowhere to sleep pouring down so we slept in the woods naked because all our stuff was drenched. All it was the, freezing. Yeah. So it was so cold. We got up at 4.30 or 5 because we were so cold. We didn't sleep. We just left because we were so whatever. Please but, tell me you didn't get back on the bikes naked. No, we definitely put clothes okay. back on. Okay. And we were separated. We weren't naked together. You don't need, you don't need a felony here of uh, <laughs> indecent exposure. No, dude. So we got back on the bikes and um, a little while into a ride, we get a, both of us get a warning about the same time on our phone. Flash flood warning. Like, oh, no. gosh. And so we're only 30 miles in. we got to make it 60. Rain starts coming down, dude. It's crazy. And so we only make another 15, 20 miles before, like, our tires are, like, two or three inches. It's pedaling two or three inches. Yeah, it's, it's like going water. in mud, essentially, at that point. It's horrible. We couldn't, we could barely go anywhere. We'd been riding through the rain for hours. And so we're like, look, we just got to go house to house. We got to figure something out. And so we did, we went house to house. People were saying no. I finally came up to this house, rural Virginia farmer, farmer town. Is, came up on a farm, knock, knock, knock. Guy answers, hey man, can we just sleep on your porch? We just want to be dry, that's it. Hold on one second. Goes back, gets his dad. I'll tell you what, man, I will shoot you if you make any kind of move right now. You hear me? I will shoot you. You can stay oh here, gosh. but I want to shoot you if you, okay, come follow me. So he follows us. We follow him back. Um, he takes us to his garage, ushers us into the garage, closes the garage door. Stay in here. Close the door. Completely dark. Me and Kyle are just sitting there like, what is going on? Like, I want out of there. So it's like a horror movie. Oh, my gosh, dude. And he comes back. I need one person. Kyle goes with him. He's like, I don't know what happened, but they were figuring out some meal thing for us. <laughs> so long story short, they ended up being just awesome. Uh, he's an ex-Marine. They end up taking us in. They they took us to get some Chinese food, and, and we stayed with them for the night, and they made us breakfast, and we prayed together and everything. It was awesome. But it was scary at first. I thought we were going to die. I, I don't blame him for being extra cautious on no. coming in. He was drinking, too. He was drunk. Oh. So that had a lot to do with it. That adds another element. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel if you put fear in somebody first, and then you come off of it and yep. calm down, I guess it kind of makes it a little bit of trustworthiness to it in a way. Yep. But I bet the bikes made a big difference as well for communities that, hey man, we're riding bikes yeah. cross country, we have this gear. I bet that kind of helped a little bit. If maybe. we are going to see something, we're not going to get far. That's you know? true. <laughs> no, are, are, you wearing, like, the bike. are you wearing bike shorts kind of deal? Are you just doing blue jeans or what, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, bike shorts, bike shorts, regular shorts on top of that and then just a shirt. Yeah, because if you don't wear bike shorts, you are going to Dude, rip your bottom up. Even I mean, 4,000 miles in, it doesn't matter. You have the worst gooch rash in the world. <laughs>
the whole time. Doesn't matter, man. You can use nut butter. You can use any kind of cream you want. It's not going away. It's just part of true. And you just learn, and it sucks at first, but you just learned it. Like, look, this is how it is, and we'll get over it. I had no clue and understanding of it until my wife and I are dating, and I go up and like, oh, that's you know, we're gonna go for a bike ride, and. They're like, okay, here's some bike shorts. And I go, no, man, what, what are you talking about? I don't need any bike shorts. And he goes, no, you better put these bike shorts on or you're going to regret it. And I put them on. I go, okay, cool. This makes sense and everything. And then at, at another point, I was like, oh, I'm not going to wear bike shorts, whatever. Oh, and no. I regretted it. Like, What it were you was, wearing? I was, just wear, I was just wearing regular shorts, like what I'm wearing right now. Just, Dude, and, and, and it's it, a it killer, was, man. It was chafing galore. So uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine. And then... As you were talking about weather and having, I can, rain makes things so much worse as it is. And yep. luckily the, the bike shorts are somewhat like they dry quickly. There's the wind stuff to it. So that, that kind yeah. of makes it a little easier. But, and having, having a, y'all had a smartphones. And so I bet you that yep. made life so much easier to be able to, the weather watch that you kind of had come up on there. And I bet every so often pulling up a map too kind of made it a little easier. So I had a map on my phone that could be accessible offline because a lot of it is in rural country. Oh, Most of the trip that. is all in rural country. Very rarely did we come. I think we came up on four cities the whole time. That's, that's so it's nice. very rural. That is like, nice. Like Waleska, Georgia, which for you guys who don't know, it's, I don't know, not very many people. There is only <laughs> thing up there is a university. Yes, yes. You, and you it's got, very small university. Yeah, you got Reinhardt and then you and got a, a couple. Yeah, you got a, cu a couple things. There's a Waffle House now too. What? So there's Waffle House. That's awesome. Yeah. You got but, like what two gas stations? I think it is. Yeah. I like two it gas up there. Stations are general. Yeah. I Not love it up there. But yeah, that's how it was. I mean, there was little 500 town people, uh, 500 people town, um, and just no service. So you had to have something without service. Yeah. Offline is going to make the biggest of difference. Yeah. To be able. To, I remember we were in Ireland, going across from Dublin to Galway, and it's like we we got the offline map because you never know. When service is going to be in place, and also if your phone's going to work, of and just in general, of having that, and it can one of the times where technology can be a very positive thing. Dude, very. If you use it the right way, man, it can be a great thing, but it can be a Achilles heel as well. It can be, yeah. I think it was interesting. the The guy who invented, not invented, but like advanced artificial intelligence, just resigned from his position, saying, I saw that. "We're moving too fast." I saw that. So I'm an I'm a. I, it's already funny to make it. I'm, a, I'm an old man with like technology stuff as it is. And so I'm like, I'm going to be a very bitter, angry old man being like, get off my lawn. My wife made fun of me the other day because there was a woodpecker banging on the side of our siding. And I got outside and I'm like, I see you. I see you out there. I'm going to get you. And Katie goes, you know, you just passed a whole nother threshold of your old man stuff. And you, I was like, you've stepped into a new phase of old man. You know, I, I am my bitter, angry old man. And it's okay. <laughs> but it works. Every time our technology goes out at school, I'm like, we don't need technology to teach in my classroom. <laughs> Let's go. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, does it work? Yeah, it does work. But I went sideways. I love that, though. That was a good little uh, bit there. But I want to come back into the weather. Uh, that You said you had the mm -hmm. issue with the flooding. Yep. What other weather experiences did you guys have to deal with? I mean, the whole first week, man, was... I heard somebody say this. Now, I can't confirm this, and I never looked if it was true. But I heard somebody say that it's the most rain that Virginia had ever had in their history. Or, or maybe it'd been 20 years. I don't know. It was a, a big period of time. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it was a ton, man. We were we were riding through so much rain. So we didn't know what the sun was for the first week. But again, that made us appreciate when the sun did come out in Kentucky, in the latter part of Kentucky. We started, I mean, it was still really hilly, but the uh, 
we started enjoying the sun a lot more. And then Illinois was literally the perfect state. It was flat, not windy, and the perfect weather. But we were only there for like two or three days. But then, so that's the weather there. As we made as we made our way into Missouri, Kansas, so hot. You're in the summer too. It was a hundred, yeah, hundred three, hundred four. Oh, and so what we did in Kansas. So as you can imagine, when you go and are biking, you would think Kansas is going to be your safe haven. Flat. Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be flat and like that. The the wind come rushing down. Yes. What's the song? Well, you, sh- you, sh- you should go west to the, east because yeah. that's where the winds go. We were going east to west. Oh, so you're getting pushed backwards, dude. We were. It was a crawl. We were going so slow, and so we did one day, and we only made it 20 miles, and we're like, we're just going to ride through the night. So all of Kansas, we ended up riding um, dusk to dawn. Yeah, through the nighttime. So well, if it's cooler at night it does make it a it was, easier it, it wasn't windy and it was cooler yeah and and definitely with it being flat kind of helps out too of, of getting across and having little itty bitty headlights and kind of keep going because yeah you're not doing windy roads at that point yep. as well so that's i guess that kind of works out very true way. you had the moon most of the time the moon it was clear skies so the moon lit up everything oh, because yeah. there's no trees or anything so we would turn off our lights we actually got pulled over three days in a row by the cops <laughs> We're not having lights on. <laughs> oh but, man. Yeah, dude. It was it was a good time. So did y'all take days where like, hey, we need to pause for two or three days and just kind of recoup and re kind of <laughs> things back in? We did. So day three. <laughs> three <laughs> days in, in. Early days in. We were we had we just come off a very rainy and very hilly ride. It was our first really hilly ride. And we went, we went to a Mexican restaurant, a very small town. All they had was a fire station and a Mexican restaurant. And we're just eating. And I bet you that meal was one of your favorite meals oh all the time. Oh, my gosh, dude. I love when you get to the point of, like, I just need to eat food. And like, I need to eat the best thing ever. Yes, dude. And, you know, Mexican, all you can eat, chips. You know? Oh, man, yeah, that's true. So we're sitting there eating. What's wrong with you guys? Why are you all wet? And I hear it, and I'm like, I'm not even paying attention to anybody. I'm so tired. Why are you guys all wet? And so I start looking around. And this old couple, like, talking to us. And so we go over there and start talking. And then our food arrives, come back, start eating. And they go to leave. Like, hey, what are you guys doing tonight? Like, we're going to sleep out, out front of the fire station because that's the only option we got. Come stay at our place. Oh, heck yeah. Like, we're like that's the nice thing about this bike trip. Anything God provides, you're just pumped about. Yeah, you just food, ride it. water, just do it. Yeah. yeah, shelter. So we're like, we're thinking, this is awesome. You know, they're like, you can sleep in our basement. I'm like, okay, you know, thinking an old cemented basement. It'll be cold, but it'll be dry. True. So we get there, and it's a mansion, dude. They have a lake in their backyard. I mean, it's it's like a castle almost. And we're like, Wes, this guy worked for NASA. We didn't know you were rich. Yeah, you didn't ask. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, we went canoe, we kayak, and we're like, so we overstayed our walk on the road. Can we stay another day or two? And so we ended up staying with them for a couple days. I don't blame you at that But we did that often when we found good places. That's the thing. If you do find a good spot, being able to recoup. Yeah, you overstay your welcome for sure. Your body needed it at that kind of point. Going through and back riding at night, getting soaked. Did you guys ever get sick along the way? I got sick one time towards the end in Oregon. I didn't throw up or anything, but I was just, it made the rides miserable. And so I just, every time we stopped, I would just sleep as much as I could, but it wasn't that bad. Where was it that Dylan kind of had to, had to leave out? So Dylan, this is one of those things again, man, where God was working because Dylan, Dylan lost his dad a couple years ago. Okay. And I think going into this, 
he was in this mental like craze. And I didn't notice at the time until talking with him after. And so when we started the trip, again, it was rainy and it was not fun. And so he actually left the first day. His mom came and picked him up the first day. And so a couple of weeks later, he would come back and he would ride with us for a week. And it was great. It was the best week of the trip for sure. Cause there was three people. There's no Everybody tension between has me and different Kyle. stuff talking. Yes, yeah. you don't, it's not, there's not pressure between two people to figure it out. And it was great until another rainstorm, a huge rainstorm hit, thunder, uh, lightning, it was going crazy. We're going down fast because we're trying to get through the rain um, down this back um, trail in the woods. And they see this little raccoon walk out. And as Dylan's going by, this thing just takes off. What? takes out his bike. Oh. Dude, oh. and drilled him. And so I went back to see Kyle because he wasn't with us either. So I was going to go tell him. And then I came back to see Dylan and I didn't know where Dylan went. And we ended up- The not, raccoon got him. Literally. I mean, we didn't see him the rest of the time. He, he left. He went back home. Oh, so you, he, just, he was just gone. That was kind of his, yeah, his breaking. And so- there's a lot of redemption to the story. Like at the end, we're all we were all still great buddies. He bought us this cool thing to do at the end. He um he's now kind of going on these crazy backpack adventures, leading people, leading Marines. So God has like used this full circle story with him. But, but sometimes yeah, it was, need that challenge to kind of push you. It, in. it was man, and yeah. it worked out. Like he he called me the other day. He's like, like dude, I know how you felt on the bike trip. Now and like I I can appreciate everything that I've been through because now I'm leading people and I'm seeing people do the same thing that I did, you know? So it yeah. was, man, just a God. So what state God was thing. it that he kind of, or Illinois when Illinois. he came back. Okay. Uh, Kentucky into Illinois and then um, left at the end of Illinois. Man, that's Actually, so we were cool. crossing over. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Kentucky. We we're crossing over into Illinois. Yeah. I, I can only imagine if I, it was me and one other friend or I could pick from like five or six and I think all of them would wind up destroying me partway through the trip because I talk way too much and I kind of get into it's this anybody, whole phase. It's phase. It's true. When you get on a trip for a long period of time with somebody, you really have to have established a good rapport and an understanding of what's going to happen. Yes, dude. There's a lot of things we would do differently because it was, there's a lot of tension for anybody. We met a lot of traveling couples, friends, and just a lot of tension because... It's stressful. You're with the same person the whole time. You run out of things to talk about. Some one of you wants to get up and go at this time. What you know? There's just a lot of factors. To Negotiations. <laughs> at, at the end of it, this the smallest things end up being like a big thing. You know. So and psychologically, that's yeah. It was the most challenging part of the trip for sure. How did you keep yourselves occupied whenever you weren't say talking or that you were trying to kind of go and he's ahead of you or yeah. he's behind you? What? How do you keep your mind sane psychologically? So the further on we went into the trip, the less talking there was just because you run out of things to talk about. That I can believe. So we listened to you know a lot of music, a lot of podcasts. Well, that gets old eventually, especially when you're doing that eight hours, a, excuse me, eight hours a day. Yes. <laughs> and so a lot of it is praying, trying. One of our things is we want to be as present as possible. What is God showing us right now on this trip? And so a lot of it was just kind of analyzing things that were going on, but a lot of it was just sitting and being really bored. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of parts I think, like if I just think about on the surface of my mind, I'm like, this trip was so fun. But when I really think about it, I'm like, man, that was actually pretty, 
always tell. looking back at something you have that nostalgia yeah, exactly factor. dude yep. exactly always have the nostalgia factor but really in all honesty is it's like this was hell on wheels it was really hard yep. yeah because I, I remember doing several trips with friends and we, we I, I, i'll have them i'll use the example of we were in iceland and driving around and it got to a point where i was so hungry and I got so angry at one point. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, and just and started just kind of like yelled at everybody. And there's only two other of us in the car. And it, it became a, okay, like Kate has to eat. If we don't feed Kate, he will become <laughs> he really angry. angry. Somebody yeah. carry Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, you you have that. And you look back and the, the fondness of it. I look at Bandcamp and I'm like, Bandcamp was the best time of my life. But I'm like, dude, Bandcamp was rough. <laughs> like, that was really rough. But yeah, dude, the nostalgia of it, man, you just think, like that was the best time exactly it really does so y'all had every so often y'all have a fight or you said you would kind of go in silence or you yeah. had your audio books what stuff did you listen to like what kind of music what kind of podcast did you come out on the other side being like a guru of the knowledge of <laughs> 18th century literature man so i remember i want to be a navy seal so i okay. was listening to it's a man named jacko he does a podcast ex navy seal I listened to so many of his podcasts, just like getting hyped about being a SEAL. And then I listened to a lot of Kenny Chesney. Okay. Um, his, I think his Golf Moon album. I can't remember what it's called, but Golf Moon's on there. But his album came out mid-trip, and so and I loved it. Download so it. So I have a lot of nostalgia yeah. with that album. So it was a bunch of random, a lot of Disney. I love Disney music. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. I have the nostalgia with, uh, I was in Ireland when the, Adele 21 came out and so oh, yeah. all the kids were singing it it was always in the car so I have that nostalgia anytime something pops up of, hey look it's Adele like <laughs> that's awesome like, oh. it brings you back a little bit yeah that's the cool thing having that kind of association for sure and so especially with listening to all the podcasts with to get ready you know to go into the marines you're like you know what like for sure dude. get the knowledge get the stuff kind of there in place yep so what, what kind of diet did you guys do along the way because you got to stay hydrated you got to yeah. have the protein to keep kind of moving yeah so i get low blood sugar i got a blood sugar problem hypoglycemia so, or something on yeah hypo hypoglycemia and all we brought with us at first was protein bars and you get sick of protein bars quick and so you eat the same food over and over. Yeah, sick of it. So the second day we had not eaten much because there was we ate a salad in Jamestown because that's all there was, and then the next day we had nothing and except protein bars and I wasn't eating them because I was sick of them already, <laughs> and I got really low blood sugar and so that actually happened a couple of times. But we learned to carry Powerades on us at all time, a couple two, two or three, and then we carried a bunch of tortillas. And goober, you know what goober is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, peanut butter yeah, and exactly. jelly. Yeah, exactly. I love those little stuff. Carried that because, you know, if it gets wet, it's in bags. So if it gets wet, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then Twizzlers, a lot of candy. I mean, we, we ate a lot of junk too. Well, you need that for your, have like a same exactly. change the color. That's what I told down. myself, but really, I just love them. <laughs> <laughs> justification, man. Justification. Dude, that's what I'm saying. We carried it. We just carried a bunch of junk food because <laughs> you're burning so many calories. It really didn't matter. True. You know, so we enjoyed ourselves. And, and I, I bet with eating along the way too, drinking the water to combat, I bet you y'all are sweating like crazy. How much water did you, do you think you drank in a day? Oh man, good question. So this was another thing where like, you just learn to be thankful for what God has provided. Have you heard of the Chosen series? Yeah, I have. So it's, have. it's basically a I reenactment. I have read it, but I've like... <clears throat> yeah, it's a reenactment of the Gospels and... Jesus sends out his disciples and the disciples are like, shouldn't we bring food and water? And he's like, no, I'm going to teach you. This is what he said in the show. 
it's going to teach you to appreciate um, leaning on others and leaning on your father, your heavenly father. And so we were kind of doing the same thing because every time we got water, we found water like you some even just use somebody's hose or somebody's sink or something. It was like this awesome, great yeah. big deal. So, man, anyways, back to your question. We drank. It depends on like Kansas. We drank. I drank probably five Powerades a day just because you're sweating for that one day. <laughs> True. But besides that, just two bottles. You really weren't because you're not going that fast. You're not really work getting your heart rate that high unless you're going to pills. That's so. surprising with like the heat and the wind kind of. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it depends on where we were at. If but it's again, really hot, we're doing. You were flying by the seam of your pants too, so you're like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. We can get it. Whatever happens. Yeah, whatever. Did you, did you get it ever extremely sunburned, or do you have to? To Kyle, did like that, that long that day I was telling you about where we went, uh, we ended up going 130 miles that day, um, where we just skipped towns because we didn't have a place to stay. Kyle got so sunburned. Um, his own, he looked like uh, those candy corn because we had shirts on. Oh, just so like he was little so sections. red, and then he was white. I mean, it was pretty funny. Oh, I can I can believe I'm getting sun blistered, yep. and wind blistered from all. You can't stop wind wind yep. burn. Like when that's coming through, you can't stop that. True. And it doesn't matter if the sun's out one day or not. The sun's always going to be beating Ab- down in some form or fashion. It doesn't matter. So yeah, I mean, it it, it just depended. Did y'all ever have to deal with like? the bugs like kind of like during the summer heat of like gnat i know in georgia we have all the gnats and stuff yeah that's a good anything. point we never did we never dealt with really any you dealt with a raccoon though we so. dealt with a raccoon twice one stole my food one time oh gosh and we dealt with a fox Ooh. that we thought was something else but we didn't really have any nature issues, which was pretty nice. That is very impressive. I was very paranoid sleeping in the hills in Idaho and Montana because I thought we would be eaten by bears. But we had no issues because we slept with our food close. <laughs> we well, were, yeah, you we keep everything dumb. close to you. Know, you're supposed to put it far away. Uh, but no, we had no issues. So it was pretty good. That is amazing to think that you didn't have that. The bikes. Did you ever have any issues with the bikes? You said you had... You had to put three tubes in one day because at the beginning of the trip, yep. did you have any other issues with the bikes along the way? No. So after that, we, f- we had figured out the, t- the uh, tube situation. And then we had one other problem with our... Ch- we didn't even have a problem with our chain. It was just they were so loose from using them Yeah. Um, that we had to get a new chain. And when you get a new chain, it's tighter and it throws your gears off. It, oh, yeah. You it's hard. Get, yeah. You have to find a new rhythm. So that was it. But no really bike issues. Man, you so we were very fortunate. You got very fortunate we were very going fortunate. through these things because I know a lot of people that have all the struggles. Oh my in the world. gosh, dude! We met this dude named John. John ended up being one of our best fr- friends on the trip. He biked with us for a week or so, and he left home with a hundred dollars, which was gone in a couple of days because he had to eat easily. So he had no food. So he would stop at gas stations or restaurants and either search the trash cans or the garbage cans, or, you know, the big things back out back. He'd either search for those for old food that they've thrown away, or they, he'd ask for them at the end of the if day he or could something. work. Yeah, yeah, or if he could work for them to earn food. And then he also brought this bike that he had in, like, third grade, like that, you know, those old mountain bikes with the horns on them and oh stuff. Oh, my word. And his derailleur broke, which is what shifts. So when he was out on the West Coast, when he was about to go up a hill, he'd have to get off his bike, move his chain up to the next gear in order to be able to, and then going. bike, and then when he gets to the top, move it back. 
That's impressive Dude, dedication he was right there. He was he was funny, man. So along the way, did y'all pick people up that you said he rode with y'all for a couple of days? Yeah, it was. I think it's two weeks. Yeah, he was, and it was awesome. It was like having that third person again to ease the tension. And dude, you met so many people. So there is companies that take people on these trips and you pay $10,000, you meet them here. They carry all your stuff from site to site. They tell you where to go. They set up your combinations and things. And we met them a place or a group called Adventure Cycling. And we made some good friends and we still keep in touch with some of them. And yeah, dude, you just meet so many people when you're out there. So many people help you, take you in some... Well, you didn't need the ten thousand dollars one. You did it in thirty five hundred dollars and saved I know, yourself a lot exactly. of time. Exactly, save yourself seven thousand dollars. <laughs> what would you do differently if you were to go on this trip again now? If you could pick, we'll just go with three things. What would be three things you would do differently? First one, I would still bike with somebody. I would actually three people. I would say three people is a perfect amount. So I would, you know, we had three, but you know, I would take three again. I'll count that as one. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that, seriously, that's that's one. My second one is if it is just two, even three, to bike separately. Everyone should have their own map, and everyone, you can have days where you bike together, but the tension comes during the biking because one person's going fast and the other person doesn't like it or something like that. So bike separately, just enjoy your time, and then meet up at night and enjoy each other's company. Then there's no issues there. But there are a lot of issues when you're both trying to keep the same tempo. One person wants to go look at this monument or something. The other person just wants to keep going. One person wants to get up at 7 and go. One person wants to get up at 10, you know. So That's those little having things. having smartphones makes it easier to communicate. Yes, exactly. And you're, you can still be in touch. So that's the second thing. I don't know if I had a third thing. I think that would be it. You never know where, everything else where it kind of goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So getting three people keep them with that one and then just kind of biking separately biking separately yeah taking your taking time for yourselves for some reason oh maybe my third thing is this release your anger okay talk okay. to the person that you're angry with because me and kyle are so passive that we were just met clearly passively mad at each other like we would talk <laughs> to each other for a long periods of time and then only twice did it explode but it did explode, and we could have cuffs, you know. No, not like that. But yelling at each other, calling each other name, you know. And it did explode twice, um, and we could have prevented that by just communicating with each other. Yeah, if you would have got got ahead of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Would you do this again? Oh my gosh, for sure. I'm, I hope I can do it again with Kyle or with uh, with my son or with some friends. But yeah, I hope to do it. Again. How old's your son? He is. 16 months now. So you start planning that now. You you got time. Hopefully I'm still as motivated when I'm older. <laughs> you, you will be. <laughs> you, with your personality and you've got all this stuff there in place. That's yeah. the one thing. Your personality is just like, <laughs> it's like a, above here. And that's, you go into my alumni, Cherokee High School, you're going to, I mean, you're going to go crazy over with those kids and having that stuff. Because that's the one thing that kids pick up on is your personality. And right. like, are you excited? If you're excited, I'm going to be excited. Because if you're coming and kind of talking like this, they're not going to pick. They're, right, they're going right. to pick on They can smell the fear in you. Kind of <laughs> way. He's scared. Get him. You exactly. Jump on this. Jump on him. That's funny. I appreciate that. What would be the knowledge that you really heavily did not expect to pick up from this trip that wound up changing your life? Oh, let's see. I wrote it down here because I did see that. It's always good to make notes. For those that don't know, I sit back and I write down 
answers, maybe not answers, but questions in order to guide me back around it. I, it, having your notes together really does make a big difference. It does. And just to remind you of where that thought process is, because when you're hitting record and you're going, you got to have something yeah, to get your head back into play. For sure. Yeah, so it was. this is what I think I've learned. Uncomfortability. I mean, I learned a ton, but this is one of the biggest. Uncomfortability can be the best place for God to work in your life. And I think... We live in a culture that's so pursuant of comfort and happiness and these things that sound so good, but I think there's something better. I think being uncomfortable makes you thankful, it makes you appreciate things, and it makes you realize your need for God. So like when we first set off, like we had no idea we were so uncomfortable. We had no idea we were getting food, where we were getting water, where we were getting shelter. We're wet all the time, we're freezing all the time. But man, we prayed and we trusted in God and every time that he would provide or even not provide. I remember a time in Kentucky, I'm like, this is, he's almost providing too much, Kyle. Like, I feel like I'm starting to become entitled. And then he stopped providing. And I was like, so thankful, man. I'm like, thank you, you know. <laughs> Humbling you right yes, there. Yes, dude. So I think pursuing things that are uncomfortable is a good thing. And, I, and God really works through that. So I, I want to continue to do that and not get into the trap of, of just pursuing the monotony of exactly kind of getting to the exactly. same routine that's this summer i'm you know just taking a trip by myself and going over yes, to europe exactly man and i got to get out of my comfort zone i put out like 15 applications to all these different places around the world of like where am i going to wind up what am i going to wind up doing i need to take this trip by myself i need to do something i'm going to wind up at a, a buddhist monastery meditation retreat kind of deal for, awesome. for three weeks and i'm like okay this is where i need to be let's go do it's this so and, crazy such an man. adventure Exactly. And who knows what it's going to wind up giving you and teaching you along that exactly. way. Like you will, at the end of your life, you will never remember a summer where you're just staying at home waiting life by, you know. Exactly. But Last you will remember. I recorded so many podcasts. I'm yes, like, this is the dude. summer of trips. Exactly. You know, you, know, you, you remember tough times. Um, you remember things that you, you go out of your comfort zone for. It's so true. And that's one thing that is, I, I think I say this almost on every podcast. If there is two things in life that I always say you need to be able to remember. And I tell my students before you leave my classroom, there's two things you need to learn. There are three sides to a coin. And just because it's different doesn't always mean it's wrong. <laughs> and if you look at the situations that getting out of your comfort zone will make you maybe think about that other perspective yes, or will open you up to a new whole entire idea of like, you know what? That's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. For sure. And so that's the world can be able to to do all this for you. For sure, dude. And not to get too spiritual with it, but like when you are so comfortable, I think comfortability takes away or it blinds you to how much you need God. So when you're uncomfortable and you're going through tough situations, I think it, op it awakens something like, oh my gosh, I'm just a human. I can't do anything, but God can do all things. And so... I don't know, man. There's just so many upsides to being uncomfortable, which is such it's a true. It's hard, weird, but it's so true. Dichotomy. Now you're writing a book about yes. this. Is this going to be something that you're just doing for like journaling for yourself? Or is this something you're going to publish? This is a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a great communicator, Mr. Gertis. And so says the guy that's been talking for an hour and going through all this. <laughs> stuff. You're a great communicator. Well, this might be cringe if somebody like, oh, please stop talking. No, no, no. But um, this is perfect. So I'm not a great communicator. I'm not a good writer. So it's taken me three and a half years to write this. 
I've completed the rough draft. Um, but it's taken me three years because I've gone back so many times and I'm like, that does not sound right. So it's taken me forever. So the answer to answer your question, I will let some people that I really trust who will be honest with me read it. And if they think it's valuable or could be of value to people and that it would be something someone would want to read, then I'll publish it. But ultimately, it, it's about the bike trip and it's about spiritual lessons that God has shown me in the trip. And so, I, and I'm sharing that with Dawson, my son. So it's actually to him. The See, book that's is, cool. You know, the book is kind of written to him. So ultimately, it's that's what I want out of it. But if I did publish it and and I made some money off it, that'd be great too. Next thing you know, you know, two years from now, you're now touring around the United States telling about your book and kind of making this whole big that would be all, man. That would be a dream come true. Hey, I don't know. You never know what, what you know, the doors are going to open up for you after it kind of goes through. <laughs> if that happened, I'll come back and we'll talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a part two. I'm always open for part twos, part threes. At the end of the day, this is, as I tell, this is not my podcast. This is your podcast. This is your episode. All I am is a tour guide along this adventure, 100%. In the first book, they say is the hardest to write anyway. So like whenever you're writing through, because you, you're new to writing, you're new to this yeah. whole process of the book and kind of going through the whole entire process is, is crazy. Yep. How long is the book currently right now? It's, 200, it's about 230, 240 pages in book form. In, okay. um, in Google, I wrote it in Google um, Docs. Love so Google Docs. It's only like 200. I don't know what it is in Google Docs, but in in 300 page book form, which is typical, it's about 230, 240. Yeah, but there's some weird things I never thought about writing. Like when you write so much consecutively, mm -hmm. you start to think like, man, I've used this word a lot. And man, I feel like I'm being very repetitious. And sometimes you are, or sometimes I am. But then when I go back and I read through, I was like, no, this sounds fine. It's just that I've been focused and doing this for so many days in a row that it just seems that way. And I've, I listened to some podcasts and I heard other people have the same problems. So I was like, you know. We all do. It's interesting. I have words that I say over and over again that yeah. I never imagined. And when you hear your voice back, you're like, wow, I say mm a lot or uh a yeah, lot. Yeah, you don't even or, know. And now I can look at the screen and I know exactly after 53 episodes, I go, someone just said um there. Or there's an ah coming yeah. right up ahead. Or here's a breath mark where someone took a deep breath. And you can, after you do something for a while, you start to kind of pick up on that. For and getting sure. in the classroom as well whenever I transition to certain things, I know the word that's going to come to that point. For sure. And, but that that's kind of the glory of it. And you're in a great time of writing as well with having like things like Grammarly that helps with grammar stuff. And True, man. I'm very things. fortunate. I don't Dude, know if I could yeah. do it if I was just, you know, writing it down and figuring it out. <laughs> that is the, to me, that is the best thing to have is Grammarly. You can sponsor us, Grammarly, if you want to come in and give us a sponsor. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> come on. But Grammarly is, is I, I pay for the premium every year and it's worth it. All right, well, I, I didn't even know this was a thing, honestly, so I'll have to look into that. You're going to need to Grammarly. look into that. It's okay. great for, I use it for writing emails specifically because with my reading and writing disability that I have to go through it, it it makes things actually sound legit. <laughs> really? That's all. It's funny. I So we're going on this missions trip to the Middle East and I'm writing some letters to raise some money. And literally, it's just a letter. It's not very long. And my wife, my wife uh, proofreaded it. And there was so much wrong with it. I'm like, oh my gosh, babe, you're going to be so busy. Yeah. Because uh, I'm in the editing process now. I'm editing myself the first time through and then I'm have her edit it. You're going to be really busy if this is how much I mess Dude, up. I have my wife look over everything before I put something through because she is, 
has that grammatical knowledge and have that stuff yeah. in place. And she goes, Kate, Most this makes no sense. Stuff. Like yep. this, this makes sense. This doesn't make sense. Okay. You need to clarify this here in, in college and high school. I'd have my mom look through my papers to kind of help me out in Smart. order to make sure that this has in place. Cause of, I mean, having that struggle, being able to work through it, but having that support makes it so much easier. Dude, for sure. And, for sure. I mean, I'm not great coming up with titles. My titles are kind of bland. Oh, me neither. That's another thing, because I'm taking notes. Someone please tell me a title for this, because I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of bland. So yeah. shout out to like my wife for helping get things kind of sounding in place. Shout out to my friends for like listening through. If, before I put out a podcast, been like, hey, like listen to it if you want to. Don't have to listen to it. And being able to sit back and actually like, okay, take that out. That doesn't sound right. Or that does sound right. Right. But take out like two or three words right you have to have that extra voice there dude for you, sure you really do but it shows a lot about you man you got the humility to listen to that because some people have the arrogance to not listen to it i listen through every episode and it takes anywhere between two hours to five hours to edit wow. every single episode wow it's good for lot. you man you're dedicated that's awesome it's also like a little ocd-ish <laughs> light. <laughs> you do a great job though like light so do you what what's next for for mark noble What's next? You're writing this book. You're thinking about being able to go through and maybe do a trip with your son. Like, who knows how many years from now? Like, what is you're going to Cherokee High School to teach? Yeah. What's the next step here? That's a good question. I'm in a weird phase of life. So I was at Goshen Valley, which is a group home. I'm gonna have a link about that. Mill, great organization. Great organization. Um, for a couple of years, and they provided housing. So we just got out of there. And we were living with my in-laws until we can find some housing. Couldn't find any, so we're building. So we're building a house. I'm transitioning over to teaching. Um, that's it, man. I'm just trying to, to be a good dad and be a good steward of what God's given me. So nothing too exciting. Have you ever thought about going back in and maybe going to the ministry or starting up some Bible study kind of portions, maybe become like a youth pastor in some summer fashion? So, man, I truly believe... I believe that people are called to those things who are gifted. And I have some buddies. I have my my father-in-law is a great pastor. He's a missions pastor. Honestly, side note, but one of the cool things about him is like, you know, you hear these bad raps of these preachers who are one people at home and another person. It's like my father-in-law is the same person. I'm like, that is just a rare thing that you can say about a pastor. This is true. This is true. But no, man, I think God has called me to work with kids, especially in the school system with how broken it is. And to speak into people's lives there. And so I want to be bold and and speak into kids there and even proclaiming the gospel if I have opportunities. But yeah, I think that's where God's called me. Yeah, so you got FCA say. and a couple other different ones. Yeah, kind yeah. Of there. And so I'll try to get involved with those over Cherokee. And and you're going into a high school range as well where that's... Yeah, every, I'm excited about that. Every age range has its own different yep. little quirks and stuff like that. But you're really starting to see kids starting to create their own identities at another level before yeah. going into that adulthood and they're starting to get exposed to all these different ideas and that's it's awesome like the nice thing about high school is or high schoolers is they're at least starting to listen true. eighth grade like i told this kid he's failing all his classes i'm like what do you expect to do what do you think you're going to do after school you know there's not going to be a lot of options if you want to do something i'm not trying to put him down i'm just trying to give him perspective but it falls on deaf ears he doesn't care true because he's in eighth grade he it's you're going to get away. pushed on right yeah but high school, people are starting to think about things, and I think they can take advice better. So 
I'm I'm not much better. You know, I've worked with high schoolers at the ranch, hey, but we all have things the skills yeah, that come in. And it's gonna be a whole different world when you get there. What you dude, think it's gonna be is gonna be totally different. I believe in it, those man. first couple of years of it. teaching is drastically different than you ever thought because it's trial and error. Cause I have kids that came in to my class, she goes, Mr. Curtis, you're just so chill. You're so like, you've got this down. You're listening to all the kids. I'm like, dude, if you saw me 10 years ago, you would be like, this is not the same guy. <laughs> man, that's awesome. God's working a lot, yeah, man. It, it does, but it, you have to be learning. You have to be open to learning. You have to be open to this. You yeah, have to dude. go through that struggle of, you, you You start out at some points being militant and like yelling, and this is the order, this is the rules. Then you like realize, man, I need to like cut loose and like, have some order, but gotta be willing to be loose on something. I'm with I you, just man. Push, it's gotta be good balance. Yeah, it's gotta be that. And ha coming from Goshen, you really do have that a lot of that experience there in place uh, for that. So it's it's gonna work out nicely for yeah, you dude. in the long run. It's I hope so. I'm excited. I'm excited to do it as you should be. Now we're gonna start kind of wrapping down here. There's a lot that we were able to look at and cover, but what's something that you're like, hey man, you never you never asked this question or you never like mention something about this. What's something you want to throw out there that you want to cover that I didn't? Let me see here. Oh, I just have well, one. Here comes Zinzin, one of the cats. Oh, hi, buddy, dude. All right, yeah, so there's one more story that I thought. There's a lot of interesting stories that will be in the book. I got into a, I, I've never been into a fight, but some guy fought me for no reason. Wow. Uh, but a lot of weirds. We almost died one time. I won't get into that, but one I thought was funny was the day... Dylan left the second time. Okay. This huge rainstorm. Kyle and I lost him. We didn't know where he was. And we just, we were biking, trying to, we thought he was up ahead of us. Never found him. And so we had a decision to make. Do we go to this small town of Carbondale? Very small town, 500 people. Or do we continue another 10 miles to, to a bigger town that we knew had a park? So... We decided, like, look, we're too tired. We're exhausted. It's raining. We'll just take our chances. Hopefully, we can find a place to stay at this small town. So we're sitting in this bar, ordered food, um, just me, Kyle, and the bartender. And we're drenched, and um, we're just chatting. This old guy walks in, and we all start talking, and it's 11 o'clock by the time we're done. And... The lady says, you know Mason Ramsey? Are you familiar with Mason Ramsey? No. So Mason Ramsey in 2018, this the year that we went on this trip, blew up from being the Walmart yodeler, if you remember oh, that. Oh, the kid. Yeah, the yes. little kid. So he, yeah. had, he put out a number one that year. And this is months after that he put out the number one or something like that. So he was big at that time. And yeah, she's like, this man right here is his manager and grandpa. What? Yeah, we're like, no way. And he's like, yeah, would, um, would you guys want to come stay with us? Like, no way. So we went and stayed at wow. Mason Ramsey's house. <laughs> wow. Is he still around doing stuff? I, uh, I saw he, he put out a music video a couple years ago. It wasn't bad, but I mean, it was a living. Uh, it was a very long career. I don't know if he's still making music, honestly. You know but what? it was still cool. It was like, man, we know this kid, you know. He's famous. That's so, that's always interesting. You never know where you're gonna run with people. I know, man. It was, it was Allow bizarre. it to lead you. Allow it to lead you. For sure. Like that's that's the cool thing about it. Is there any last things of words of wisdom that you want to put out there in the universe? It could be something about, hey man, look at this piece of legislation or save the trees or something like that. This is like your platform to say something yeah. that you think is something that we should maybe take a look at, or just words of wisdom to kind of put out there into the universe. I do. Um, and I was thinking about that last night because I thought you might ask that. But first, I want to thank you for 
you're my time with you at Mill Creek. Awesome time, even though I'm six months in time. Dude, um, one month can change a life. Yeah, dude. Two absolutely. days can change a life, you know? But what I appreciated about you was the way you handled kids, the way you treated staff and faculty. It's evident that it's more than just a job for you. It's oh, not yeah. just clocking in and out. It's life. And man, dude, I appreciate that. And I, I aspire to be like that, man. So I appreciate that. And I want to thank you for that. And then also for thank thank you for having me on this podcast. I mean, dude, it's amazing. Just a I never would have never thought how go on out, bud. Sorry, Zinzin's being one of his little little oddities. But <laughs> no, you you never know what people are gonna pass into your life and where they're kind of kind of go. And getting to share that as well with you, it showed me a different approach of being be able to come in and and towards the end of the year and be able to make that kind of change. And you were agreeing on a short term. We made this decision three days ago that you were going to come <laughs> on the podcast. I had mentioned it. You're like, no, three days in. So no, thank you. Because that's the best gift that you could ever give somebody is your time. You can't get it back. Mm, that's, it's always going forward. Right and you did that. And we're, I never knew anything about this story. Like literally, guys, I'm learning the story as you are right now listening to it. And that is just phenomenal of, you never know what's in your backyard. You never know what's across Very the true. street from you. Very true. And being able to kind of have that goes a long way. And I, I learned that you like uh, little bites and the little muffins, uh, little- Dude, you hooked me up. For those of you who don't know, man, Mr. Curtis has brownies and um, those little pies. Yeah. And I was hungry a lot during the day and he hooked me up with boxes of them. <laughs> that, that That's the shout out to, to Joe for, I, I help him out with the bread route. And I was like, hey, man, we're coming to testing. I need something for snacks. And I mean, he's like, here, here's like all these talkies, all this, you know, like man, little awesome. bites and all this stuff. And the kids, you know, latch onto it. And I always keep snacks in my rooms and I always keep stuff around because you never know. Some kids just need it real quick. Yeah. That need that little get up. And I tell my kids before they go over, I'm like, if you need it, get it. If you just want, if you're just wanting a snack just because you see something cool is there, don't get it. Save it for someone that needs it. Yeah. And I'm like, outside of that, if you need it, go get it. Like, I'm not going to question you after that. I'm just going to say those words and yeah, then go. That's awesome. You know, that's awesome. And then you just throw them at me. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was, it was getting towards the end of the year. So uh, it's always good just to make sure they don't rot in the summer. And I don't need to eat them in my household. <laughs> I try to get better about that. But no, thank you. Like, yeah, dude, to class, I, I appreciate it. It's, it shows your humility to, to sit down. But so I did want to share this. I was thinking, what is the most important thing that I could tell someone who's looking to learn? And this is also what we shared with the people that we met on the bike trip. But what I would say is this, the only really, the only real thing that matters in life is what is true. All right. So my life journey is to pursue truth because nothing else matters. What's true about you? What's true about me? What's true about life? Um, everything else will pass away, you know, or even like our opinions and our feelings and our house and our wealth and our popularity, whatever it is, everything's going to pass away as it has for billions of people before us who thought, man, I'm going to have this forever, but it passes away. But what will remain is what's true. And this is what I believe to be true. I believe that the good news of the gospel found in the Bible is true. So what is this good news, Mr. Curtis? You and I, and everyone who has ever lived, is sinful, not good, and do not meet the standard of God. Which doesn't sound good, but it's true, right? I, I, I live for myself. I want what's best for me and not for other people. I lie, I lie, I cheat, I steal, and I think a lot of people do, right? Everybody's got their issues. Because of this, we're separated from God. But here's the good news. Are you ready, Mr. Curtis? Do it. Drop it. 
In the form of man, God sent his son, Jesus, who lived the perfect life, died the perfect sacrifice that I should have died for all of my sin, um, and rose again three days later so that whoever believes and repents will be saved. And so it is not a popular message, right? But if it is true, it's the only thing that matters. I don't say this, you know, I, I know this gets a bad stigma nowadays. And I don't say this, like think about where I'm coming from. I don't say this pointing my finger down at people. Like you must do this um, or whatever, calling anybody a bad person, being judgmental. But if it's true, the most loving thing I can do is to tell people, like just like we told people on the bike trip. And so that's why I'm telling the audience now, like if it's true, like I'm, I'm pleading with you to look and see if it's true. Um, because if it is, you know, you want to believe and you want to turn and trust God um, and be saved. So that's all I got for you. But I appreciate you. Powerful you words, man. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate letting me share. And uh, this has been honestly a blast. You did a great job. And making me comfortable because I was I was so nervous coming into this. I'm like, I do not think very well linearly. I don't explain things well. So you've done a great job. You've been a great host. That that's great to hear of those kind words of going each way with that that things of wisdom. That's the cool thing that everyone has a voice. And you should use your voice to be able to share something out there. And if someone doesn't agree with it, let's have a conversation. Dude, let's that's talk what, about that's it. great. That's like, what I love about you and your podcast. Like you listen to people you don't agree with, and that's how it should be. I shouldn't be angry at you just because I don't agree with you. Yeah. You come from a different perspective. So I want to see your perspective. That's the three sides to a coin deal. Exactly. What if it's true? Then I want to know that, you know? Yeah. So, man, I appreciate that you and I, about you and your podcast. That's the cool thing that I feel like this is years in the making for me of doing this podcast because I've been collecting stories and listening to people's like just kind of that joy here for gosh, decades now. And I finally decided I was going to, you know, do do the podcast kind of deal. And it's opened up my eyes to so many new things. And awesome. some people are like, why don't you monetize? Why don't you just go? I have no desire to force that. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. But this to me is the favorite thing for me to do in my life is to hear someone's story because of it's the best gift you can give somebody. And when sitting across the table from you and seeing you light up, seeing that like whole entire your voice change like your demeanor of that in that relaxation here is just it's my favorite thing in the world That's because awesome, of, i dude. know that you are in your happy place right right and so many people die with a story inside them and some mm, people are not willing wow. to sit and listen yeah. to that and it takes asking the question and it takes sitting down and willing to engage them because i could have sat across from you and just gone check hey what's this next thing here check <laughs> what's this but it's very organic. What you've done yeah. is is very organic. It, it, that's the the best part about it is it's supposed to flow that way. And I think that's my gift yeah, to the sure, world. Man. And that's something that you know has been given to me that I get to pass on. Yeah, dude. So. You're being faithful with what God has given you. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So as we wrap down and we come to an end here, if you want to reach out to me, I'll pass on information to Mark Noble. If you know. We feel like I don't, if you just randomly send an odd email that doesn't make sense, okay, I'll kind of respond back <laughs> to you and put it back. But if you want to get in contact with them, I'm going to be that kind of in between just to kind of protect his his time kind of range. So if you want to reach out, it, the email is Cade, which is spelled C-A-D-E at learningfromfriends.com. I also have a Twitter page, a Facebook page. I have a Patreon page if you'd actually like to contribute Ooh. to the podcast, you know. If it's a dollar, ten dollars, 
a thousand dollars, you know, <laughs> a million, a whatever m- you want to throw exactly, out there. Come on. You know, at the end of the day. So if you want to be able to do that, feel free. I recommend send me a mess, uh, um, a message over posting just because of, I, I feel like that's a little more intimate to it as well. Just be able to have a message. So free feel to reach out to that. It's, communication is a lot easier now than it used to be yeah dude i'll say this i love talking about the bike trip and i love talking about god so if you want if you have any questions for me you can reach out through miss curtis and uh and i'd be love to talk about it so yeah thank you sir so my name also i might be your first monetize advertiser whatever so if i end up publishing the book I'll pay you to be my some advertisement. Ooh, so there you go. I could be the first one for you. There you go. You never first can of tell. many. You never can tell for it. So as go. we leave here, my name is Kay Curtis, your tour guide on this lovely adventure that I like to call learning from friends. And most of all, don't forget, let your curiosity fly high.